Did you know you can get email alerts about every new episode of this podcast? Sign up for free. Just click the link in the show description. The AI-driven deepfakes are getting very, very good. Training people that they cannot trust what they actually see here on a seemingly live person saying things gets harder and harder. It's not getting any better. This is Kotecki on Tech. I am James Kotecki. Today's topic, arguably the most important part of cybersecurity, human error. My guest today is Stu Showerman, CEO of Know Before. Stu, welcome to the show. Pleased to be here. So, Stu, your company tagline is human error conquered. Often the weakest part of a company's security is the people. It just seems like that is so hard to actually conquer because ultimately it goes at something that's very fundamentally human. So how do you actually work to conquer that? We like to call what we do new school security awareness training because the old school where you uh, heard all employees in the break room, uh, keep them awake with coffee and donuts and then expose them to death by PowerPoint. Well, that's definitely does not work. Um, However, what, what does work is you do a baseline test. You send a simulated phishing attack to all employees or 100, and you see what the, the click-through rate is. We call this the fish-prone percentage. Um, that's often between 20 and 30 percent, uh, which immediately gets management uh, a, a small heart attack because if that would have been the bad guys, uh, their network would have been owned. Step number two is you uh, do online training with all employees, engaging interactive training, which truly makes them understand that just clicking away on potentially risky phishing attacks is, is very dangerous. Uh, but just awareness doesn't really cut it. You need to really change behavior. And that's where step number three comes in. We send, or we allow our customers to send uh, an unlimited amount of simulated phishing attacks or social engineering attacks, like maybe through the phone or their, their smartphone, with the same thing that the bad guys do. And that is how you are able to prevent a, a massive amount of human error. It's never zero but it goes down like 90, 95%. I know that you hear about these and see these on a daily basis, but is there something that stands out in your mind as kind of a really good example of the cutting edge of what cyber criminals can, can achieve? Listen, today I can send you uh, an, an email at 8 o'clock in the morning with, hey, are you going to show up for your dental cleaning at 9? And you go, what? Mm-hmm. And I can I can send you oh, fully automatic. I can say 8.15, I can... I can text you on your on your smartphone. Hey, you didn't answer my email. Are you going to show up at nine? And you go. What did I forget something? Mm-hmm. And then at eight thirty, I can again fully automatic. I can drop a voicemail on your cell phone with the perky little voice. With, hey, this is the assistant of Doctor So and So. Are you going to be able to let me know if you're going to make it for your nine o'clock? Please answer your email or your text then there's an AI that sits at the back end of that email in that text that understands what the answer is and then replies with, okay, great, 
um, can you please click on this link and change your appointment? Mm -hmm. It's like the one rule of thumb here. Like if you don't basically that you don't have to respond. If you don't feel comfortable, you never have to respond no matter how convincing someone sounds. Yep. Don't respond. Uh, delete the email or report it. Ignore it. One of the basic rules is, is if you get an email with an attachment, if you didn't ask for that attachment, don't open it. Yeah. Clearly, the need for what you're doing is very strong. Uh, we are recording this on June 12th, 2019. And as we record this, news is breaking that you just raised $300 million and you're valued at a billion dollars, if I'm correct. Uh, so congratulations on that. Thank you very much. This is indeed a, 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 a very happy day for No Before. We are celebrating our unicorn status, um, which is a great milestone. Um, however, there is also still an enormous amount of, of work ahead of us. So this is really only day one. It seems like we're only going to see more and more sophisticated attacks. Is this kind of, I mean, I suppose it's good for your business, but bad for the economy overall. Is this a, is this a never ending arms race of uh, criminal sophistication uh, going up against the sophistication of your training? It's a never ending arms race period uh, and has been going on for the last hundred years. Uh, it, this, um, this kind of conflict has existed all along. Um, it simply moves to other media. You know, the KGB has been active for, gosh, 80, 90 years. Um, they have been running the same kinds of disinformation operations for decades. Uh, they're, not, they're currently called FSB, um, but it's essentially the same kind of operation. Uh, misinformation, um, influencing campaigns. Um, if you look at the, the actual people in the FSB that um, are doing these types of attacks. Uh, last week they were black hats and they got recruited into the FSB. So it's the very same person. In, in, in the case of Russia, you're dealing with a kleptocracy, you know, a government-sanctioned crime. It's now over the Internet, um, which has as its disadvantage that it reaches into everybody's house. You know, the Internet is a fantastic experiment, but it really is a beta, and it was not built for security. Is there anything that could change that? Is there any Internet on the horizon that would be like Internet 2.0 that would have been built for that would be built for security? There have been uh, proposals, but uh, now you're talking about a massive infrastructure mm -hmm. upgrade. It's not going to happen overnight. How much of this is really a matter of kind of government investment and government preparation? And to what extent is the United States on the front foot or the back foot when it comes to these things? Obviously, our own offensive agencies are doing the same thing to some degree. DARPA invented the Internet. Um, a very little known fact that in 1978, when the, the first specs for uh, TCPIP were first discussed and released, uh, there was the question if uh, the packets should be encrypted. At that point in time, the NSA said no. And from that point forward, uh, redundancy has been the foremost design uh, thrust compared to security. 
And so, you know, TCP/IP, the packets are are not very well protected. So obviously, we are able to look at what's happening in in China and Russia, and um, no wonder that both China and Russia are creating their own internet because they don't want us to to look into what is happening over there. Are you concerned about deep fakes? So the idea that somebody could impersonate someone else, make a video that looks like the president is saying something that they didn't say. Um, these are popping up more and more on, I think, on, you know, on the Internet to kind of make a point about what's possible. They're not quite entirely convincing yet. But what if I open up an email and I see that my CEO has said something or is you know, seeming to video conference me and give me some kind of direction. Is that the next frontier or next frontier for you to be training people uh, to spot? Very troublesome um, because uh, the, the AI-driven deepfakes are getting very, very good. Um, and so having your CEO say things in a seemingly public medium like social media, that is, and there's a brand new one, uh, Zuck, was just uh, deep faked. Uh, this yeah, Mark brand Zuckerberg, new stuff yeah. came out. Yeah, it was just came out this morning. It looks pretty good, uh, meaning it looks pretty real, meaning it looks pretty scary because people just might get the right idea. Training people that they cannot trust what they actually see here on uh, a, a seemingly live uh, person saying things, that's that's... What we're currently working on, yes, we are training people on that, um, but it gets harder and harder. Uh, it, it, it's not getting any better. If we play this out and kind of imagine the next 50 years like uh, some kind of Blade Runner future where there's video screens everywhere, but everything that you see on all those screens is fake, and you can't even necessarily tell if, if something in front of you is holographically generated, and that might be fake. Like you can, you can play this out to a point where it kind of gets very maddening very quickly to where how am I supposed to be a human being who has, you know, biologically evolved over many millennia to kind of interact with the real world. But now I'm faced with mm -hmm. all of my perceptions are things that I can no longer trust. And my mind has to be constantly yep. working against its intuition that I can trust those things. Yep. This is if you extrapolate what's currently happening, there will be a backlash, obviously, because if you simply cannot trust what you see on TV or the Internet anymore, then you will just simply turn it off. Now, uh, unlikely to happen immediately because it's, there's an enormous amount of business that is driven through and by the Internet. But still, the matter of trust, thinking out loud here, the only way that you would be willing and able to talk to someone is if you would get a, a video call that had been pre-qualified by your fingerprint or your hand mm -hmm. or, uh, mm -hmm. you know, a full biometric spectrum uh, authentication, and only then you would talk to someone. I could envision that that is going to be happening. And, it, of course, it would be eventually some kind of battle of the AIs, right, where my AI is trying yes. to validate that you're true, and you're, if you're a criminal, your AI is trying to make me think that you're true, but you're not, and, and all these kind of yeah. back and forth. It would, be, it would almost be beyond human comprehension pretty quickly. It would, which would force the human to simply go back to, hey, let's meet. Let's have, <laughs> let's have some coffee in Starbucks uh, because you, you know for sure that that is real. Right, and until we get to some kind of holodeck, uh, you know, Starbucks situation where we can't even be sure of that. What is your favorite sci-fi story, and how does that shape the work that you 
do today? I know that you're a fan of the genre. You know, if you would ask me what's your favorite sci-fi writer to begin with, I would have to say mm, early Robert Heinlein, mm-hmm. Starship Trooper, um, you know, have space suit, will travel, um, the early conquering the, the universe uh, stories are super fun. How, uh, you know, although William Gibson, um, I like most of his work, Neuromancer stands out. Um, space opera uh, is kind of my hard sci-fi, mostly, that I like the best. Do you see a connection between your love of space opera and the work that you do now? Because there's not necessarily an obvious connection, but maybe it's that if, if we're going to eventually get to space, we have to f- figure out how we uh, stay secure here on Earth, maybe? Well, you know, it's funny you should say that because, you know, you read enough sci-fi and you start to be able to extrapolate current trends. You're going to be able to see, oh, well, uh, huh, this has been going in this direction for the last 10 years. Well, what would happen in the next 10, 20, 50? Um, And you can easily base business models off that that in in this particular case have turned out to be successful. training people against social engineering through the internet uh, with simulated phishing um, is, is a very good way to get people not only aware of, but also to change their behavior to a point where they understand and in real life act against these types of attacks. So uh, for me, it's, it's a continuous spectrum between uh, today uh, real life and sci-fi which could be 10 years from now and all right well we're here today and how do we get to 10 years from now well a business is still a very good vehicle to create create that reality i mean the old expression you know the best way to predict the future is to create it well that's what we're doing one of the themes the great themes of science fiction across many different writers and films and storytellers is despite how far we have come and despite how far we can go, we are ultimately still only human and we still make very human mistakes, which would seem to be very aligned with the business that you're in. Very much so. Yes. Stu, this has been a really fun conversation and I really appreciate you being on the show. Stu Showerman is the CEO of Know Before, which is a new unicorn on the scene. Thanks so much for joining me today on Kotecki on Tech. Thank you, and you're very, very welcome.